This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Tuesday, June 2nd. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Uh, we're going to take a look at some DFS picks for today, for Tuesday. Um, mostly an evening slate, except a, a couple double headers that kind of put a twist on everything. Yeah, and that one double header, the Nationals, uh, that got put in place yesterday, so it's not really in the DFS contests at all. Yeah. Uh, there's some full day contests where you could probably make use of that first Rockies, uh, matchup, especially on, uh, I think DraftKings has one available. But mm-hmm. other than that, you're pretty much looking at the, the two options. I mean, the one option. Yeah, and uh, those will be kind of fun to look at because, of course, you have to pick which game you want. And mm-hmm. uh, the Dodgers in Colorado have some options for sure. And in the first game, they get Jorge De La Rosa. They get a lefty. In the second game, they get uh, David Hale, a righty. And so, I don't know, it's always kind of, it's tricky to try and pick. You know, you might like a, a guy and you might like the setting, of course, course field, but mm-hmm. then... Trying to figure out because De La Rosa and Hale are both not great. They're not great pitchers, but you know, lefty righty is is kind of a thing. Um, we'll get into that, but let's go ahead and start uh, just from catcher where we typically start. Uh, Brad, who stuck out for you behind the plate today? There were really weren't that many who I was excited about. Uh, mm-hmm. I like Yasmani Grandel if he starts tonight versus David Hale. Mm-hmm. Uh, since AJ Ellis started last night, I wouldn't be surprised if Grandel got the day game. Uh, they usually try to have Ellis face lefties and then uh, Grandel against the righties, but Grandel's a switch hitter, so it doesn't really matter which he's facing. Yeah, uh, I I do think maybe they'll go Grandel with the day game and then uh, Ellis at night, which mm-hmm. is still fine. You know, Ellis is really cheap. Uh, it's Coors Field. I think it's still a reasonable play. That was the uh, top of my list for him against Hale, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully. But you're right, he's a switch hitter. It prefers righties, but I'm not sure it matters too much. No, and especially at Coors Field, there's a little bit less reason for concern. Uh, Hale's not exactly a strikeout pitcher, so you don't mm-hmm. have to worry too much about him going over 4 with the sombrero. Yeah. The other one I liked uh, the most was he's been dreadful. But Mike Zunino gets CC Sabathia, who, to be fair, has also been pretty dreadful. Right. I, I thought about that one, and yeah. I had the same impressions. It's just, I don't even know if if Zunino will start. It could end up being Wellington Castillo, and that's what's really turned me off to that whole situation. Is I can't tell who's going to start on a given day. Yeah. Zunino's been getting the starts lately, but... <sighs> Yeah, you keep an eye on it, and you really want him because he's a cheap option, and because mm-hmm. because Grandel didn't line up how you wanted yeah. him, I suppose. Um, he's been getting the majority of the starts, and for what it's worth, Zunino likes hitting lefties more than righties, but, and he has pop, he has potential to hit a home run, but he also is an over four machine. So, right. you're not, you're not gonna spend much on Zunino, and you're just hoping, you know, to get something out of him. He's definitely a tournament pick. Yeah. And then uh, the other catcher, it was a tough catcher day. The other one that I at least wanted to talk about, if not a great matchup, but have you been seeing what Francisco Zervelli's been doing so far this year? Yeah, I've kept an eye on him. I thought that he'd be like a top 
14 or so catcher this year, so mm-hmm. I've had my eyes on him. He's not hit for quite as much power as I was hoping for, mm-hmm. but he is uh, a good average guy, and he's continued to show that in Pittsburgh. I see him as a reasonable option this evening. I think I even jotted him into a lineup already mm-hmm. uh, just because I wasn't confident that <laughs> Grandel would start. Uh, yeah. Might make that switch if he. I do find that he's starting. Yeah, he so far this year has an 804 OPS, which... I don't think really expect him to keep up maybe that level of production. Um, he, he was that good the last couple of years, but, uh, in smaller samples, cause he's, you know, getting a lot more playing time now. But like you said, he'll hit for a decent average, um, not much pop, but, I don't know, he gets Chris Heston, who's, there's no platoon advantage there, but, not an overwhelming pitcher. Not a yeah, good setting in San Francisco. There's nothing to worry about there, it's... Yeah. You're playing a, a basic bat-pip game there. He's going to put a bunch of balls in play. Some of them will fall, some of them won't. Yeah. And you just hope to get lucky on the ones that fall. Uh, yep. Certainly aren't hoping for power at AT&T Park. Yeah. Um, any other catchers stick out to you? I did jot down uh, Stephen Vogt against uh, Alfredo Simone, and okay. then uh, John Murphy against Mike Montgomery. And neither of those are particularly interesting, uh, just kind of alternatives. Sure. Yeah, it's a tough, it's weird, it's a tough catcher day. I've actually often kind of been able to find catchers I like, but this is a, a bit of a tough one. Okay, how about first base for you? Here I had plenty of options. I had a couple of different positions. I just stopped myself at some point because I had too many names going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I jotted down eight here, uh, starting with uh, Miguel Cabrera against uh, Kendall Graveman. And okay. the Tigers won't have any kind of platoon advantage against Graveman, but he's... Doesn't Not matter. Particularly good. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've, we've talked about this in past episodes. He's an exploitable pitcher, and you know, the Tigers have a pretty dynamic offense, uh, starting with Miggy. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, obviously, like Adrian Gonzalez against David Hale, that's a pretty exciting matchup if he's in. Yep. Uh, Gonzalez has played pretty much every day this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he sat the second game of a doubleheader, but maybe he gets out the first game, and you know, he's in that second one. Uh, mm-hmm. One note about doubleheaders in general probably could have started with this before getting into picks. Uh, teams generally don't post their lineups for the second game until like right before game time. Yeah. And this one's going to be, uh, I think, 8.40 Eastern. Yeah. Which means that if you're playing FanDuel, you're kind of out of luck. You might not get to see the lineup before you have to set your rosters. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little better on DraftKings, you can at least audible to an alternative player if... Uh, you do pick, say, Aegon, and he's out of that second game. Right. Uh, so just something to keep in mind. You don't want to get stuck with players who aren't in. Yeah, that's a bad feeling. Just watching that zero from the start of the game. That's a that's a good note. Makes those guys in what should be a good and popular matchup makes them relatively risky. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and then... I wrote down Carlos Santana gets Jeremy Guthrie. Yep. Santana's a switch hitter, and he kind of prefers to hit lefties, but he certainly can hit righties. Plus, it's Jeremy Guthrie. It doesn't matter. Jeremy Guthrie's, Guthrie's been bad. He's been real bad. He's never been real overpowering. So, yeah, Carlos Santana could do just fine there, as well as a lot of the other Indians. Lucas Tuda's been a little bit banged up, but should be back in today. And I realized going to San Diego is not great, but he gets Ian Kennedy, who has also been not very good, uh, which is putting it nicely. He's been he's been bad. Lucas Tuda can contribute for sure. And then Mark Teixeira gets Mike Montgomery. 
and Mark Teixeira, not only has shown pop, but uh, also a switch hitter who actually prefers to hit lefties, and Mike Montgomery is left-handed. So I like Mark Teixeira, even if it's in Seattle. That's that's a-okay. Um, any other first baseman for you? I noted uh, Votto against uh, Sean O'Sullivan. That oh, seems like a, a pretty sure. candy matchup for him. Sure. Uh, should be... Uh, <laughs> I'll call it a better version of what I was describing with Cervelli. You know, they're going to get a bunch of balls in play, and Fado mm-hmm. hits them a lot harder than Cervelli does, so could yeah. get some really good outcomes there. Did you uh, see him walking on three balls? <laughs> I did not. I missed that. Uh, <laughs> I did didn't that see it, but I, I saw the headline. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, only Votto, right? <laughs> right. I, I it's one of those things where, like, you know how catchers get the benefit of reputation when it comes to strike calling, supposedly? Sometimes uh, that might just be him getting the extreme benefit <laughs> of reputation for drawn walks. He only needed three. That's what uh, immediately jumped in my head. And then um, the next pitch will have been a ball. <laughs> and probably. All right. And then how about second base for you? Had five names I picked out. And for the most part, I like them. Uh, I'll just start with Ian Kinsler. It's not really the best matchup of the group, but he's got Kendall Graveman. We've talked about that already. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, a, a nice, a nice matchup for, you know, stacking and even though there's not a platoon advantage involved. Uh, Jason Kipnis against Jeremy Guthrie. We've kind of mentioned already Guthrie's yeah. not very good. That and Kipnis uh, was insane in May. Oh yeah. He was, uh, he's looking like his best self and that's good for all fantasy owners, uh, at least the ones who grabbed him at, on the cheap. Uh, one thing I'll say about the Royals in general, their bullpen's so good that it kind of takes away some of the game from lineups that are against them. Uh-huh. Uh, so the Cleveland stack looks nice against Guthrie, but if they, say, score four runs on him, knock him out in the fifth inning, that might end up not producing that much value. Yeah. You might end up seeing them not score anything, get one hit in the last four innings, and wind up with, like, 12 and a half, 14 points out of uh, a group that could have really you know, pounded the ball if they were facing, say, the Rockies with Jeremy Guthrie. Yeah, that makes uh, it's, sense. You, you got to be aware of bullpens is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Uh, a couple other names I picked out, Colton Wong against Tyler Cravey, and I don't even know if I'm saying his last name right. I don't know much about him. I looked yeah. over his Fangraphs page. It's not impressive. He's got like a 4-5 FIP in the minors. Uh, yeah, he, was, there's there's obviously some good things about him. He's got some strikeout ability that's kind of shown intermittently throughout his minor league career. Yeah, uh, his walk rates kind of fluctuated up and down, so it kind of tells me he's an inconsistent guy. That's one of my favorite things to ask Matt is, can you tell me anything about this player that you can't read off of his page right now? <laughs> and often the answer is no. In cases like this. Which usually means it's a good thing to stream against them, you know. Yeah, in this case, he's just a completely untouted guy. There's not even really scouting reports out there that are telling us much. Mm-hmm. So we'll just have to see what he is when he shows up. Yep. Um, I also had Jace Peterson and Josh Colmenter. Do you have a take on Jace Peterson? The Braves seem to like him, even though honestly, he's he's fairly underwhelming. I think he has potential to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of those guys that Carson Sestouli picked out last year using his, uh, you know, very special <laughs> methods of finding yeah. fringy players. 
what he picked out on uh, Peterson was uh, athleticism, speed, and uh, contact ability. Yeah. So if that all comes together, and you know, scouts have identified those as all being strengths for him, mm-hmm. he could turn into a, a two-win player easily. Yeah. And that has use, especially when he's batting near the top of the order. Sure. Uh, I might. I didn't get to mention him, but I probably prefer like Freddie Freeman out of the Braves sure. group. Uh, if you're starting to put together a couple Braves, then maybe it makes sense to use Peterson. Yep. Uh, if not, I might try to go with someone a little more expensive. Sure. I also wanted to ask you, um, so Howie Kendrick is going to Colorado for mm-hmm. these two games. He can pick, supposedly, a lefty or a righty. Uh, do you have a preference there with Howie Kendrick? You know, I... I love him in the middle of that order. It's yeah. it doesn't really matter who he's facing. He doesn't have huge platoon splits. I don't call offhand. I just recall that they're right. you know, sorry to put you on the spot there. Nothing uh, particularly crazy. No. Uh, I think Hale's the weaker pitcher of the two, even though uh, De La Rosa has the worse ERA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. In both cases, they're you know pretty good matchups for him. Yep, um, Kendrick in his career has hit lefties better, you know, with the platoon advantage, obviously. Mm-hmm. But this year, has hit righties a little better. But again, the, the splits are never that extreme with him. He does right. just fine against both. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't lean too deeply into any of those and, and just take him against, I suppose, the weaker one. But it's kind of fun, like I was saying on a day like today, where you're like, oh, I can pick him. Which, where? How do I want him, you know? But I agree, he's good in the middle of that order against anybody, which is nice. Um, I had Addison Russell at Brad mm-hmm. Hand, because that Cubs lineup is actually full of righties. And Brad Hand is a very, I'd call him a typical six starter. <laughs> you know, he's, he's gonna jump on the end of staffs and bounce around between there and AAA, I feel like. But he's left-handed and not great, which means good things for matchups. And then, I wrote Logan Forsyth goes to C.J. Wilson. Logan Forsyth likes to hit lefties and should fit in the lineup uh, somewhere. I'm suggesting him at second base, but somewhere. The thing is, C.J. Wilson's been not bad this year. Yeah, he's looking like, again, he's looking like his best self. Uh, I don't know if, you know, that's all that exciting. You know, something you need to really hide from. But at the same time, he's not someone you're going to go out and target every time he's pitching. Against mm-hmm. the Rays, they're actually very good against left-handed pitching this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that'll keep up, but for the time being, I'm buying it, so you know, yeah. I'm kind of looking at them against Wilson tonight. Yep. Um, any other second baseman that you like? I jotted down D. Gordon against Kyle Hendricks. That's you know our standard D. Gordon mention. He puts mm-hmm. a bunch of balls in play. The guy's not a strikeout pitcher that he's facing. Uh, could work out. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Worth mentioning for sure. Um, okay. Third base. For me, in two stacks we just mentioned, Chris Bryant gets Brad Hand. Mm-hmm. Righty on lefty. Not that he needs the platoon advantage to succeed, but it certainly doesn't hurt. And Brad Hand, most importantly, is not that great. And Evan Longoria against CJ Wilson. Like you said, the Rays have do well against lefties, and he's a big part of that. So I like both those guys. Uh could be worth their price on Tuesday. What are the third basemen do you like? I like Todd Frazier against o- O'Sullivan, uh, especially if you're starting to put together a few uh, reds, starting with Joey Votto. Uh, mm-hmm. makes sense to 
you know, finish off the stack, uh, Frazier's a good option. Yeah. Uh, a bit pricey, but at the same time, he's hitting quite well. Uh, won't have the platoon advantage, but yeah. it doesn't really matter against O'Sullivan. He's a lousy pitcher. Yeah, he prefers lefties, but I agree. I wouldn't shy away. Yeah, and, and the park's hitter-friendly enough. It's not as... Citizens Bank Park gets a, a big reputation as a hitter's park. It's decent for hitters. It's better than average, but it's not crazy. Uh, Great yeah. American Ballpark's a better place. Uh, Coors, obviously, is much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, there's probably about 10 or so parks that are better for DFS production. Yeah. Uh, also noted Matt Carpenter against Cravey. Sure. Or Cravey or whatever, however you pronounce that. I guess yeah. we'll learn tonight. I would start with Cravey, but but yes, open open to, to change on that one. And then uh, A-Rod and Chase Headley against Mike Montgomery. Uh, whether you're looking for the more expensive option or cheaper option, that's two decent right-handed hitters against Montgomery. Uh, don't really know what to expect of him in the majors. He's pitched fine in the minors. Uh, the scouting report uh, is kind of gone all over the place over the years with Montgomery. He used to be considered a potential stud. Uh, then he looked like nothing, and now he's looking like a starter again. So uh-huh. we'll see how that turns out for the Mariners. It could be just fine. Uh, might be able to even shut down the Yankees on the cheap. Uh, I don't really mind trying to put together a few right-handed hitters against him tonight. Yeah, I, I wrote down A-Rod, and Headley also does, does fine most of the time, too. Mm-hmm. My last two guys, uh, do you like, are you in on Justin Turner at all? Definitely. Yeah. I think he's a starter on just about any other team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, kind of a, a Ben Zobris type profile, I like his ability to hit. Uh, I could pull up his page, cite a couple of things more specifically. Yeah. Uh, but he, I'm definitely a believer. He's right handed and in his career has actually hit righties better, reverse splits, but he's also had such inconsistent playing time for a lot of his career that mm-hmm. It's hard to, I mean, obviously he can hit righties. He's done it. Uh, I don't know that I'd shy away from lefties. It's just hard to really draw from his splits so far, considering his inconsistent playing time and how he's been used. Hasn't really had a chance to settle in. Um, point is, though, he can hit, and all he's done is hit. And I don't know that he's going to always hit this well, but he can hit. So, yeah. Right. In Colorado, so- in the Dodgers stack, like I like Justin Turner. So last year, he got by with a crazy bat pip. It was a 404 bat pip. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, hit, he's pretty much neutral. It's 317, and he's hitting for more power. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of, I guess, the point, the regression point you're looking at is, will he continue to have an ISO above 200? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not. At the same time, he has very little soft contact, and that's been a trend throughout his career. Uh, so I do believe in his ability to hit for a high average. Uh, he's got good contact skills. He's decent plate patience, so he's picking out good pitches to hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Coors Field, that all lines up really well. So I wouldn't shy away from him at all, and he's pretty cheap. Yep. Yeah, I like him. Uh, again, this that doubleheader, the rules apply in terms of making sure they're in the lineup, or you might have to take a little leap of faith, but uh, that could be a good matchup for him. And I also had, it's going to be real cheap. He, he's always been kind of, uh, underwhelming and even more so this year, but Lonnie Chisenhall could be a part of a Indian stack against Jeremy Guthrie. And so if you really want to go cheap at third base, uh, it's a good matchup for him. But man, he's been, 
not great. <laughs> I mean, most people have are given up on waiting for him to break out. I feel like the the ship has sailed a little bit on Lonnie Chesnall. Um, that said, he is he always going to be known for that huge game last year? Do you feel like <laughs> does everybody just have that little tiny bit in the back of their head of? You know, that's all I'm ever going to know him for unless he starts playing better. I happened to pick him that day, so it was... Uh, yeah, you'll I, definitely never I think forget. I picked him, like, scored, like, 70 points on FanDuel and still made, like, $3 on the day. Yeah. It's just, like, it was just a crazy day in general, and, you know, you had to have Chisholm Hall to even get near the buddy, but for some reason everyone had him. Yeah. I think he had, like, a 420 BAPIP at the time or something, so he looked attractive. Yeah. Uh, well, he gets Jeremy Guthrie, which is a, a pretty decent matchup for him. But, yeah. Um, okay, shortstop was actually totally tough for me. Did you do better than I did in finding shortstops? I guess so. I didn't feel too bad about it. Okay, uh, yeah. There's Starlin Castro against Hand. That seems like an easy one. Yep. That, uh, good. Jimmy Rollins against Hale. I'm glad I got the easy one in Starlin. Um, yeah, so there's Starlin, Jimmy Rollins, and uh, Coors Field. Yeah. And Rollins hasn't been particularly good or anything, but it's course field. You know, all he has yeah. to do is put balls in play, not hit pop ups. Which he does a lot of. Moved so, down the lineup, you know. It's yeah, he has moved here. down the lineup. But he's so cheap that it doesn't really matter. Yep. No, I I uh, still like it. There's uh Jung Ho Gung at ATT Park. Not a good place for power, but he's facing Chris Heston who's uh fairly contact oriented. Mm-hmm. So uh Gung should be able to put four balls in play today. Mm-hmm. Jai Peralta against uh, Cravey and the Brewers, uh, especially if you're already grabbing Wong and uh, Carpenter, makes sense to also look at Peralta. Mm-hmm. And then I also mentioned Andrelton Simmons against Josh Colmenter. Uh, Simmons has been hanging fairly decently this year, pretty much uh, what I've been expecting of him for a couple years now. Uh, a little bit of power, a little more contact ability than he's shown in past seasons. And Colmenter's, you know, not someone to shy away from. Sure. Uh, the last name that I liked, I did have one, maybe you didn't have, um, but I want to talk about him a little bit too. Wilmer Flores goes to San Diego, and yeah, you don't want a hitter going to San Diego. And he gets Ian Kennedy again, who's been real bad. And it's not the platoon advantage. I don't think that matters for Wilmer Flores, who's been inconsistent, but has shown pop. He's shown quite a bit of pop this year. Uh, and has always been known definitely more for his bat than his club. Do you like more Flores at all? I like him in general. I'm not so sure how I feel about him tonight. And the Mets have been playing around with uh, using Ruben Tejeda more, usually at other positions. Yeah. Uh, but at some point he could start eating into the shortstop time too. It wouldn't surprise me if it's you know a one or two games a week kind of thing uh, mm-hmm. where Flores here takes a seat or maybe... You know, finds himself sliding down the defensive spectrum. Yeah. Uh, either case, uh, you know, not too excited about using him at Petco Park against Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, he's also he's best against ground ball pitchers, so I, I guess keep that in mind when you know looking at Flores. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah, I just I saw Kennedy's ERA and it kind of jumped off the page for me. Um, but San Diego makes it tough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in the outfield, I actually had plenty. Do you have plenty of outfielders? Oh, I have plenty of outfielders. This is uh, one of those positions where I you know, I think I listed about 14 names here and just decided to stop. Yep. Uh, a lot of them are expensive. Uh, guys like uh, Bryce Harper against Marco Estrada. Right. That's uh, Giancarlo like... Stanton. Yeah. 
It's uh, they're going to be hard to afford, but there's too many other options to go with it, right? Yeah, it it depends on how you want to set up your team. There's there's definitely Harper's just so good, and Estrada's so homer prone. I could see uh, making room for him, especially if you end up going with a cheaper pitcher, which there are options tonight. It's like a few weeks ago, Nelson Cruz took Marco Estrada deep, and I was like, well, duh. Like, of course, like, yeah. <laughs> didn't need a crystal ball. It just seemed kind of obvious. Your question was more like, how many times is he going to do it? Yeah, and at Harper's price, you need him to go, you need, a, like, one and a half home runs for him to justify the price. Yep. Yeah, so, which, which is possible, but yeah, definitely hard to bank possible. It's uh, risky, though. Yes. So, you're going all or nothing with that pick, uh... Similar case with Giancarlo Stanton against Kyle Hendricks. Yeah. Uh, Hendricks is... I like him as a pitcher. I think he'll have a, a solid major league career. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not really particularly imposing. Uh, definitely the Kyle guy Stanton could get some leverage on a, a swing and pop one out of the park. Mm-hmm. It's also Nelson Cruz against CC Sabathia. Yeah. That's another really expensive pick that could turn out really well. <laughs> he likes to hit lefties. That's, that's why I wrote him, for sure. I like uh, that one. Any Dodgers outfielder? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jock Peterson, or Jack Peterson, uh, Andre Ethier, uh, Alex Guerrero, anyone else they put out there, even if Scott Vance likes uh, on the wrong side of a platoon advantage, which I think he'll just play in the day game. But yeah. uh, if Rudy playing the night game, he's still viable. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyone at course Field, uh, how that Dodgers line up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like those for sure. And again, you can get your pick of righty or lefty. Supposedly, if Jorge De La Rosa and David Hale are going. Um, I had Denard Span against Marco Estrada. Again, maybe you're looking for more of a power guy. Span has a little bit of pop, but if the Nationals tee off on Estrada like you think they might, that him being at the top of the lineup could, could be helpful in terms of scoring runs. I have Jay Bruce. Going to Philadelphia again, Sean O'Sullivan, Jay Bruce, of course, kind of derailed his career last year, and he's looked better this year. Not great, but better. Uh, I think he can handle Sean O'Sullivan. Uh, I like Dexter Fowler in Miami against Brad Hand. Dexter Fowler leading off for the Cubs is a switch hitter who prefers lefties over righties, it looks like, in his career. So him getting Brad Hand could be good. And again, I just... I could see the Cubs scoring plenty of runs off of Brad Hand, and so Fowler being on the top of that could be helpful. Behind him, like Jorge Soler, right-handed. Right. Uh, there's just like a, a lot of right-handed Cubs. So, uh, yeah, I like Fowler to set the table for that. And then, any again, more Indians. You want Brantley or Moss at Guthrie? Take your pick. I'm fine with any of them. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Um, do you like Matt Holliday against Tyler Cravey? Again, why not? He's right-handed, but that, that never has mattered for Holiday. You know, I didn't look at the Cardinals lineup yesterday. Did they? Was he back in the lineup? Um, He's I'm been out pretty with sure. Illness. I will check days. for it. Yeah, he has been pretty sick. But yeah, I'm pretty sure he came back yesterday. Yeah. Uh, well, assuming he's in, yeah, it's a definitely a fine pick. Uh, like Peralta, uh, no platoon advantage, but if you're starting to load up on Cardinals, it does make sense. You could also go the Jason Hayward direction. He's uh, also been warmed up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He's he's batting towards the bottom of the lineup now. Has definitely been unimpressive this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't say he's heating up, but he's warming up <laughs> slightly. Yeah. 
He's sitting bad. out in the sun a bit. <laughs> Not as bad. Uh, yeah, for the record, Holiday did play yesterday. He's, okay. he's been sick, but keep an eye on him. Yeah, that's um, a good sign. Nick Markakis gets Josh Colmenter. Nick Markakis is having such a weird season. <laughs> Hitting for good average. You know, has a good batting eye, but has a on-base percentage over a slugging percentage. Because he hasn't hit a homer yet. They keep batting him fourth. I don't know. He could do fine. It's going to be an empty average. Could do fine. I mean, at Arizona against Colmenter is a good place to be. But I really like Steven Sousa at CJ Wilson. Again, Wilson's not as bad as I would hope, but it's a lefty, and Sousa likes it lefties, and he has power and speed. He also has 0 for 4 potentially strikes out, but he has power and speed. You know, he's kind of a good roto guy, been racking up those numbers. So I like him against the lefty. Uh, Curtis Granderson has been about what you expect from him so far this year. Uh, a low average, but some mop and some speed, and he gets Ian Kennedy. Again, going to Petco is not what you really want. I don't know. Dependable? Is that a fair word for Curtis Granderson? Again, more of a roto thing, but some pop and some speed. None of which are going to bowl you over. Not really a big mixed league guy anymore, but could do some damage against Ian Kennedy, who has just been dreadful so far. And then uh, my last guy is Ricky Weeks, who has a really weird line this year. Actually, I'm going to look it up. I want to get more specific so I don't blow it on uh, what Ricky Weeks is doing. Have you been paying attention to him at all? I've kept my eye on him. The most recent rumors is he's about to get cut. Yes. Uh, so he's uh, he needs to really turn around rapidly, and hopefully he can do so tonight against uh, Sabathia. So they got him to hit lefties, and I'm going to put up the warning now, the, the small sample size warning sign. Uh, they got him to hit lefties, and he has 82 plate appearances this year with a 558 OPS, which is dreadful. You know, and they're trying to force him into the lineup in, like, left field and stuff. He's been dreadful, no doubt about it. 558 OPS on the air. And his splits, we're going to cut that in half, small sample size. Against righties, he's done nothing. A 298 OPS, truly nothing. He has three hits on the air against righties and 42 plate appearances, so dreadful. But against lefties, which is what they got him to do, he has 40 plate appearances. He has an 822 OPS. He's done what they need, you know, two homers, you know, four walks, seven strikeouts, hitting 278. Like, he's hitting lefties. It's just so weird to me that his overall OPS is just about split in the middle between versus lefties and versus righties. Nothing against righties, everything against lefties. Yeah, I don't know. I found that interesting. But you're right. They have not been using him. Uh, Obviously not useful against righties. Could get in there against the lefty today against CC. Try and save a spot on the roster. But, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm rambling about just what I thought to be a really interesting split this year. To be so all or nothing so far. Uh, in a, in a small sample. But that's just kind of funny for me. Yeah. And if and when the Mariners cut him, somebody's going to have a use for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely not a super exciting lefty split. You usually want to see. Uh, if the guy's got an 800-something OPS, uh, a little more of a dynamic profile like a Rajai Davis, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. He might float out there a bit on the waiver wire. He'll find a home, and we'll be able to continue using him as a lefty-only guy. Yeah. Uh, he's, so, he's so lefty-only, though, that it's like, oh, as soon as that starter's out, like he becomes worthless. 
Kind yep. of, kind of the, uh, similar to keeping an eye on bullpens, you know, like, oh, getting a guy against Kansas City, like, the last bat, a bat or two could be real tough. Like, Ricky Weeks could be in trouble, you know, once that starter's out. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's a cheap option, for sure. Uh, any other outfielders you had that we missed? I got a couple. Um, my dog's barking in the background, so uh, you might get okay. get to hear that too. Uh, there's there's the rest of that do- or that uh, Tiger stack. Uh, so Jonas uh, Espedes, uh, JD Martinez, uh, Anthony Goes will probably lead off. Uh, mm-hmm. All gets Kendall Graveman. Uh, all makes sense tonight. Mm-hmm. There's also Preston Tucker, who tends to hit in the middle of the Astros lineups, kind of quietly become a three hole. Uh, he's up against Mike Wright, who reminds me of Colin McHugh in that he pitches up in the strike zone, uh, doesn't uh, have the same like uh, slider tendencies, anything like that. Just uh, the way he uses his fastball reminds me of McHugh. Well, the good news is they're pitching opposite each other tonight. Yes, yes, it'll be. Uh, it should be a fun game to watch. Yep. And Tucker could be a decent sh- source of power, even a little bit of speed. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he's been a guy to keep an eye on so far for the, for the Red Hot Astros. So. Alright, and then, uh, yeah, let's run pitchers real quick. Who stuck out to you on the mound tonight? Sure. So, pit, it's a good day for pitching in that you have both a lot of really good guys and a lot of really bad guys. Yeah. Uh, so we've kind of touched on the bad guys over and over again, uh, through all of our, uh, position player picks, uh, among the, the good pitchers, and I'm not even that excited about, say, uh, Max Scherzer, uh, tonight. Yeah, uh, it's, it's tough taking even the good guys against Toronto. Alright, so yeah, Max Scherzer, not too excited about him. Uh, same with Zach Granke and Coors, uh, kind of a, a stay away situation. Uh, even Johnny Cueto coming back from that elbow injury against the Phillies. It's a lovely matchup. We just don't know what to expect out of Cueto, uh, yeah. tonight. And it won't be cheap. Uh, it's a good matchup. Yeah, he but... is not cheap, so it's uh, very dangerous if you're thinking about using him. Mm-hmm. Uh, do like Chris Archer against yes. the Angels, who have just been pretty atrocious against right-handed pitching. Yes, they they've, have. They've looked a little bit better in recent weeks. Uh, a little more towards what I expect out of them, but mm-hmm. at the same time, just not really getting above even league average. So... You know, Chris Archer should be a good matchup. Could get plenty of strikeouts against the Angels, and yep. that ballpark's nice for pitchers. Yep. Uh, speaking of nice ballparks, uh, AJ Burnett at AT and T uh, against the Giants. Who? He's been great. Yeah, Burnett's been awesome. The Giants have been pretty good. Uh, kind of a, a clash of wills, I guess we'll find tonight. Yeah, uh, I'm leaning towards Burnett taking it. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Yep. Um... I wrote down, I like Kyle Hendricks at Miami. They have some hitters to avoid, but if he can, uh, I think he's been good lately. He's, he doesn't have the same ratios he had last year, but he has a few more strikeouts. You know, not a strikeout machine, but definitely more respectable in that category. I like Kyle he's Hendricks. He's definitely a cheap, ed- he's definitely a cheap option tonight. Yeah. Uh, I like Lance Lynn against Milwaukee. Absolutely. Uh, my favorite thing, I like to draft, I, I own Lance Lynn in some leagues. He kind of has a high floor because of his strikeouts. Like, his whip's never been great, and his ERA right. might fluctuate, but he's going to get you the strikeouts. And that is very helpful to know you're going to get something from him. You know, even if he struggles, like, that is the backbone. 
And Milwaukee, not only are they heavily right-handed, but they're fourth in baseball and strikeouts. So, like, it would be hard for Lance Lynn not to pick up 5Ks, if not plenty more. Uh, I just feel like there's a there's a basement there. It's not going to give you a zero, and it could give you a lot more than that. So, It's like a really Lance good Lynn. day for Lance Lynn. <laughs> yeah, I like Lance Lynn. Have you been paying attention to what Shelby Miller's doing? I've yeah, I've been keeping my eye on it. I have him listed as one of my options for tonight against the Diamondbacks. He's uh, not, not not striking people out though. No, no, he's uh he's definitely not at the top of my list. Uh mm-hmm. I think if you are already leaning towards like a partial uh brave stack, maybe you have Freddie Freeman and one or two others. Uh, you can sneak Miller in there too, gamble on them providing a win for him. Yeah. And then hope that maybe he gets a strikeout per inning on the... That's kind of like a ceiling these days. Yeah. Going to the desert is not a, a great matchup for him. And he's just been allowing, like, no hits, which obviously will will change. I mean, he's been good, but I don't think he's going to be, like, ERA under too good. And no. it's easy to say, oh, yeah, a guy like that's going to regress, which, yes, we agree, he's going to regress. But even if he regresses, what, is he going to regress to being a... 3.2 ERA? Like, I don't know. Like, he's been good, but uh, I don't know. Sometimes the price can make that kind of tough, but it's good to see him being good again, that's for sure. Uh, it's, it's encouraging, but keep in mind, he's becoming a relatively low strikeout guy. Like, not none, but being down at like 6 or 7 per 9 is pretty low nowadays, so that's concerning for him. Noah Syndergaard goes to the Padres, and turns out Noah Syndergaard's really good. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> most people kind of saw it coming. He's not going to be this good the whole time, but he's has not had any problems adjusting. You know, he's here and he's sticking for good reason. And he gets the Padres who have some bats, but they prefer to hit lefties, and it's in San Diego, so he could do just fine there. No reason not to like him. Um, some more questionable guys. Would you consider Clay Buckles against the Twins? Uh, definitely one of the guys I listed. Uh, has kind of a cheaper option. Yeah. It's more of a wild card option. <laughs> yeah, it's also a wild card option. I gotta agree with you there. Yeah. He's so He's inconsistent in start to start. Mm-hmm. And, he could do yeah, fun. as you mentioned, it is Fenway. Uh, doesn't take much to turn a couple outs into home runs or doubles. Yeah. So that, proceed with caution, but you definitely <laughs> see him doing okay. And then, are you a Mike Wright guy? I, I like Mike Wright. Yeah. I, I feel like I've asked you that. I'm not sure. I uh, mentioned uh, Tucker Preston as an option against him, but mm-hmm. against Houston, I could see him getting about a strikeout per inning. He's uh, lasted relatively deep into most of his three starts. Uh, I'm really only recalling the Marlins start off the top of my head, uh, but... I, I think there's a potential for seven innings, seven strikeouts, and a win there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's definitely okay. a, a riskier pick than, say, Lance Lynn, but. Yeah. Yeah. Houston is very, you know, as usual, boomer bust, you know, and, yep. and he's right handed, so Mike Wright could do well. Could be a problem. A, a good tournament play, I feel like. It's Mike Wright. Uh, any other pitchers that you really liked? Uh, in general, I just really like Carlos Carrasco. I think he's, I still think he's one of the best pitchers in the league despite a ERA over four. Yep. And the matchup against the Royals, not that great. I'm probably not going to be finding him on any of my rosters today, but 
I'm gonna watch. Uh, the the skill set is there. Uh, definitely is worth considering. Yeah. Uh, it's just I'm looking at Carrasco. I'm looking at Lance Lynn right under him in price, and I'm saying, okay, gotta go with Lynn. <laughs> yep. Even if Carrasco's a a better pitcher. Uh, you're going to keep an eye on him. One of those I say I, I might not pick, but I'm at least going to check the box score. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on how Carlos Carrasco does. Yeah, it's so weird that against the Royals has become a troublesome matchup. <laughs> <laughs> Used to be because well, they don't strike out that much. Yeah, and now it's like, yeah now last score year runs. that was the story. Yeah, now they score runs, and so, yeah, the Royals is a bad matchup now. It's weird. I, I definitely had some arguments last year uh, when I picked guys against the Royals as streaming options. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, I don't care if they strike out, really. I'm looking for wins, and they offer them up. Mm-hmm. And then second half of the season rolled around, they stopped doing that, even. Yeah, they stopped losing. That's a, they're an interesting team. They're not boring, that's for sure. Okay, uh, I think that'll do it for us for Tuesday. Running a little long, but that's because there's a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Like you said, a lot of good pitchers and bad pitchers, which makes for a good uh, DFS day. There's a lot of options and a big full slate. Tons of games today. Uh, We're a bit spoiled. Brad, do you have anything to add before we get out of here? I don't think so. I think we covered most of the things to watch out for today. Uh, Philly's game has a slight risk of rain at the end of it. Uh, Just another reason to you know, probably stay away from Johnny Cueto. Uh, I don't Mm -hmm. want him to be dominating through six innings and then suddenly get pushed out of the game with rain. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few too many question marks on a high-priced guy there, Johnny Cueto. Yeah. Well, Brad uh, writes here at Rotographs, writes the Daily Grind. He's on Twitter at BaseballATeam. I'm on Twitter at HigginsFOS. Uh, we'd both love to hear from you, especially what you think of the show. And, uh, yeah, just like to interact. So make sure to hit us up. And other than that, I think they'll do it for us, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit Fangraphs.com slash fantasy, or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.